Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. We are your hosts of the show, Karen and Kelly Sarlow. Whether you're struggling with grief or you just need answers, we connect you with spirit to find relief, clarity, and direction in life. We can help you move forward. Hi, Kelly. This is the month of December, and we are doing some feel-good stories. Yeah, we are. Okay, so, and I've got three short stories today that I've picked that occurred over a period of months. This was not all in one day, but they have a common theme for people. So the very first story is about a female client. Could I have a name of a female, please? I'll choose Charlotte. Mm, Okay. Um, Charlotte starts her session by saying, could you tell me anything that you get from the spirit guides about my relationship? And the spirit guides were well prepared for her. And they said, we want to begin by saying she is limerent in her current relationship. Sips of Sanity, December 2022. Okay. (laughs) If anyone's like, what the fuck is limerent? Well, they're going to hear. I'm going to explain it too. Because the guide said she is not going to know what this word is. She's never heard about it before. And that's a validation. So we want you to offer that as a piece of information But also the fact that we know she doesn't understand what it is. And we also know that she's going to ask. She's not going to stay silent. And I said, what do you mean she's not going to stay silent? Like for any particular reason? Are you giving me a heads up or something? And they said, no, she's going to ask you to explain it because that's her personality. She will want to know what it means so that she doesn't jump to conclusions She's booked this appointment because she wants to learn. She's here for a good reason. Nice. Yeah, that is. So I started that way and I said all of it to her and she confirmed that she, in fact, didn't know what Limerick was and that she did want to know. So I'm going to explain it. And I started by saying to her, the best way that I know how to explain limerence is actually to take you back into your childhood when it begins. So I said, when you're a small child, maybe around, you know, 18 months, two years, and you live in a home where there is an unhealthy attachment style, where there's chaos or where there's um, avoidance issues or anxiety in your caregivers, which are the three unhealthy attachment styles, and you're not in the secure attachment style, you have parents that sometimes meet your needs and sometimes don't. And those needs will be things like safety, your security, um, love, attention, validation, mirroring your worth. And she goes, oh, God. And, and we had a little pause. And then she says, you, you can continue. This, this is correct. And I said, they have there's a lack of consistency in meeting your needs from your caregivers and so you go into this hopefulness when they're not meeting your needs or when it looks questionable that they could be so when they're being angry and it looks directed at you or you're being punished or they're withholding or there's just all this chaos happening or they're going into that avoidance or whatever they're doing she goes yeah yeah yeah, I can confirm that. And I said, when, you, when you're when you a little child, your brain is, is just in the stages of being wired that when these needs are being met, this is what you feel, and this is how you're going to respond. 
But when it's inconsistent or it's consistently unhealthy, your brain is wired into this hopeful state because you have no other choice. These people have to meet your needs. So you feel this hopefulness. You have this anticipation, this anxiety. You're waiting for this to occur. And now there's all kinds of things that get wired into that, your beliefs and your hopes, as well as your emotions and your responses and behaviors. And she went, okay, okay, I get this. And I said, so this is what's called limerent. This is the best way that I know how to explain limerence to her without an education in psychology. So again, for everybody listening, if you're thinking, okay, maybe that's not totally it or whatever, do your research. Go and figure out more about limerence. So I gave her a reference um, of the book Love and Limerence by Dorothy Tanoff. And she said, okay, you could see that she was writing that down. And she sat back up and she's looking at me again. And I said, okay, so as you go through life, then you, you have crushes on people who don't return the crush. Or you, you love people, and she goes, that don't love you back. Yeah, and I think it's best to kind of go back and talk about that hopeful state because I think that wasn't really complete. Your hopefulness is that they will meet your needs, that if you mm-hmm. wait, they will, or giving them the benefit of the doubt in your hopefulness that they want to and will, um, but that there must be some reason they can't. Right. Yes. <laughs> See what... For anyone watching, we have a pup's <laughs> butt in the air. Um, yeah, like it's you're in love with the potential is what that turns into as an adult, right? Or a young adult is that you don't stay in the reality of the behaviors that you're seeing from another person and, and, um, holding on to a real picture of how this person behaves. You hold on to this ideal that you're holding out for in your mind which is what you've been trained to do with regards to your parents meeting your needs when they're doing it inconsistently in childhood. That's a great explanation. And so the rest of her session moves along in that direction where um, she asks those questions. Charlotte says, oh my God, and you can see her getting these light bulb moments of, oh God, I did that in high school. Oh my God, no, wait, I did that in middle school. Oh Jesus, I think I did that back at the end of elementary. And then in university, and then, oh, you're describing my whole first marriage. And you can see her emotional um, roller coaster there of, oh, God. But putting the pieces together, that her feelings and her beliefs and this limerence is the thread that's running through all of her relationships in life. And is explaining to her her part in all of those relationships. And we had a fabulous conversation around her own own part in it. And I said, does this help you? And she goes, my God, yeah. And I said, because the guides are saying that quite often you went into victim mode in all of those relationships. And you villainized. Is that the right word? Villainized? You villainized. Or vilified. Pardon me. Thank you. You vilified all of the men, all of the boys, you know, at different stages in life, including the husband, the dates, no matter what, no matter how long it lasted, the cycles of good and bad. And she goes, oh, God, yes. She goes, and it's making me feel like really good. 
And I said, really good? And she goes, yeah. She goes, does it make sense to feel two opposite things at the same time? And I said, oh, yes, I understand what you're doing. You are figuring out what your own responsibility, your own patterning. And she goes, patterning? I'm going to call it wiring. You said it was wiring. She goes, so now I don't feel like this was just all my fault. I'm not, I don't need to feel victimized anymore. Even though I understand that all of this began when I was a child, when you would think that that point, that's when I'm really victimized, when I'm a child. She goes, but now I'm understanding, listening to this, that now I'm an adult, and today I want to sit in the fact that I want to claim my power, that as I understand how my brain was wired, that I'm no longer as of this second in this session, I'm no longer a victim. Because it's now up to me to wire my brain the way I want to wire it. And she goes, oh God. And then you see her have like another aha moment. And she goes, oh my God, Karen. She goes, I'm up and down and up and down. But she says, I'm totally understanding that this is my current relationship with the man I I want to be with right now. But I'm understanding that the moments where I believe I want to be with him is when I'm being limerent. And that I come out of my limerence. And I, I said, yes. I said, so you step out of the cognitive dissonance. And she goes, okay. She goes, what's cognitive dissonance? She goes, wait, does cognitive dissonance mean that I'm in a non-reality? Does it mean I'm in a different reality? Is that a better word than the healthiest reality possible? And I said, you, you could word it that way. And she says, okay. She says, because I'm trying to figure all of this out, that in my current relationship, when I really see him for who he is, I can't, I don't want to be with him. I can't stand him. And she goes, but then I get this wonderful time with him. And I, and when everything's really good, she says, especially at the beginning. And I said, well, yes, okay. There's a term for that too, but let's keep going. And she goes, and I try to recapture that. And so that's the limerent state then, because I'm hopeful that he'll return to it. And he's never returned to it completely. He just returns to it in shorter and shorter increments. increments, And he returns to it, and he just gives me little bits and pieces of it, and not the totality of it. And that's where I get what he refers to as whiny. Because I, I pine for that. I want that back. And I keep saying that, and he keeps just pushing that away. And if I push too hard, then he actually goes back to his own apartment. He goes back into his own life. And she goes, so now you're explaining this because that's what my parents did. They withdrew from me. She goes, so you're, you're this limerent state, this term is putting all the connectors together for me. And she says, I can't even explain to you how my brain is feeling right now. And I said, well, Charlotte, I'd be willing to bet you that it feels like you're literally pulling sticky stuff apart. Mm -hmm. And she goes, yeah. And I said, and now you're noticing the stickiness. And now you're noticing when you've actually got clarity and you actually are getting a really good feeling from the clarity moments. And she goes, yes. And I said, and are you starting to want to have more stickiness 
in the clarity. And she goes, yeah, I want to hold on to that. I'm not willing to go back to the stickiness because I have a name for it. And I know it's not healthy. She goes, I can't even begin to tell you what this has done for me. She says, I feel so powerful. She says, I feel so strong and so determined that now I know what I'm going to do. Now I, now I know how not to fall backwards again because I know the terms. So that's my first story. And I'm, I'm ending it abruptly because I want to get to another story. But that's the piece of that session because she asked for other things during her session. She wanted medical and medium and some other stuff, which was great. But that's the piece that's part of today's show. And now I'm going to move into the second one, the second story. And this again is over Zoom. And now I need the name of a male. Uh, Oliver. Okay. So Oliver starts his session and says to me, I'd like to know what you get about my marriage place. And the spirit guides came in and said, okay, Oliver and his wife both get limerent, both of them. And we want to also say that because his wife doesn't deal with reality, um, she has moved into too many glasses of wine in the evening, too many beers and drinks on the weekend, and it's now become alcoholism. And he is trying to confront the drinking. He doesn't understand it's actual alcoholism, but um, they're struggling with this whole alcohol and the relationship but he thinks it's just about alcoholism, but what's underneath all of it is limerence. And that he's he's staying in the relationship, hoping that it will go back to times where things were what he refers to as better, but they actually, those times weren't good to begin with. And he's going to argue with you about that, that things were good in the beginning. And that's why you have to explain limerence. Because of that, he has a con uh, an idea there that when you're in a limerent state and you're hopeful about the relationship, that that's why you stay and that's why you work. And because they never went to a therapist to figure out the difference between staying for healthy work and staying for unhealthy work, um, he doesn't know the difference. So that limerence is what's keeping him there. We want you to explain that to him. So I'm going to say that so that everybody can understand that today without now stopping and saying, now I explained limerence and redoing it again. But I do want to share with everybody the very same type of emotional roller coaster he went through, the very same type of sitting and, and getting that unstickiness in the brain where he sat there and listened to limerence and went oh god yeah my parents yeah my parents were like that yeah they yeah they did withhold they did disappear oh they did in just different ways than my wife but my parents weren't alcoholics but they did my dad stayed at work my mom got involved in community stuff not to be in the house I understand what you're saying so both my parents just got busy and disappeared and pulled away and were avoidant. 
which created chaos for me with all these babysitters and going to different places. He says, I understand what you're saying with the attachment styles, but you're saying that in order to get all of this, you have to understand the attachment styles, and I never knew them. So you're hearing that in his session, we had to sit down and discuss the attachment styles so that he could go, oh, that's what I lived in. And, oh God, that makes sense then, that I'm staying with somebody where we create those same things all over again on a day-to-day basis, week-to-week, a month-to-month. My God, now I'm understanding it isn't just the marriage. It's been my life. Okay, he says, this is helping me also feel like I was blaming her. And I, and I actually can't really blame her. This is partly just what I've known. You're talking about that wiring in the brain. He says, this is making so much sense to me, but it's kind of shifting where I had put blame on certain people. And now I'm understanding, whoo, that's not fair to do that. My brain was wired for this, so I accepted it. But I've, I've, I've brought myself into it in the sense that because my brain got wired that way and I was limerent over my wife, still am to the, was till before I phoned you. He says, you've actually described exactly what I've been thinking and feeling all morning, and now I know what to call it. And he says, but now I can hit the pause button and actually identify all of these things and again have words. And you hear him doing the same thing that Charlotte did. You hear him saying how grateful he is to know the words and what it means to have that kind of education where you actually then can make sense out of your own mind and out of your own choices, your own beliefs, your own hopes, and your own behaviors and how you're responding to the people that you are frustrated with, happy with, hopeful about, um, irritated with. And so I said to him, which I wish I had remembered for Charlotte, I said, there is an emotional wheel all over the internet that might really help you identify all of the feelings that you can feel in a very short period of time when you're in this limerent state. And the times, the feelings, pardon me, the feelings you feel when you pull yourself out of limerence and into reality. And he goes, oh my God, you're giving me a clear process to go through. He goes, you're telling me to sit down with the wheel when I'm, when I'm in that state of hopefulness, which is what I was this morning. And I said, yeah. He goes, so I woke up in that. And he says, because it's a Saturday morning and I wanted it to be a good weekend. He says, but I do it every freaking Saturday morning. And he says, and she's pointing out to me that I have these moods on Saturday mornings. And he says, but now I know what the mood's called. He goes, I know what my brain is actually doing. It's not just a mood. And he says, so you're saying take the emotional wheel then when I know I'm doing that and highlight or, or circle all the words that I'm feeling when I'm in the limerence. And he goes, and then I'm starting to understand that as the morning goes along, my mood changes because I come out of the limerence when reality hits and I actually have to take the kids and drive them because she can't do anything because she's hungover. And he says, and then I'm in the vehicle and I'm doing the driving and I try and stay in the limerence state 
But if the kids do something that throws my mood off or my day off, or I haven't had enough caffeine, you're talking about me coming out of my limerence, and the kids call it my crash, my caffeine crash. And he goes, it's not a caffeine crash at all. It's a reality check. And he says, and now you're telling me, and he says, and I can recognize that my daughters point out my entire mood shift. And he says, this is so helpful. He says, I could cry. He says, you're telling me and explaining to me so many things that my little girls have been trying to explain. But they didn't have the word limerence. But they're trying to point out the feelings and the moods in me because they're my daughters. And my moods are shifting and they're affecting them. And he says, I can't thank you enough. He says, it feels more like you've given me a therapy session, mm -hmm. he says, than, than just channeling. He says, but I understand that you don't know me and you're not a therapist and that you got all of this information from the spirit guides. And I appreciate both. And he says, how the hell did you find out the word limerent? I've never heard that in my life. And I said, well, I said, we have an emotionally intelligent book club. And I said, I purposely read as many books as I can in psychology and in all kinds of areas in life um, to help people live a more emotionally uh, grounded life with emotional intelligence. And he said, well, he said, I would like to thank you for that because it means that when the guides told you, you actually knew what to say to me. So um, his session too went on, Kelly, and um, he asked more questions, much like you explained earlier. We went into explaining the terms like cognitive dissonance so that he could say, geez, the cognitive dissonance then is when I'm outside of my reality and the explanations for, for terms like that. And... Um, being able to watch him piece all of those things together. But I want to add one more thing before we go to the third story. His comment to me was, Karen, I, I choose to stay outside of the limerence for my own life. Mm -hmm. And he says, because I'm not happy in my marriage and I don't want to go in and out of these states anymore. But I'm also learning that it's my brain wiring that I have to change. Mm -hmm. And he says, I have fought therapy my whole life. And he says, now I'm understanding there's no reason to fight it. He says, I'm understanding that the therapist is the one with the knowledge about what limerence is. So they're going to have the knowledge to help rewire my brain. Mm -hmm. And he says, I have a brand new respect for anybody in any kind of field of psychology now. And I can only thank the guides for that. So then we ended his session. I'll say later because we did, you know, more things for him. And then I would like to head into our third story. And the third story involves a woman. Okay, so I'll choose Sophia. At the very beginning of Sophia's session, she is the third story that says, can you tell me about, and then her topic this time is career. And so the spirit guides started and said, she's not looking for career. She's asking you about a person that she's crushing on at work. It's her boss. And she wants to know if all of the shenanigans, all the flirting, 
all the um, people pleasing, ass kissing, whatever you want to call it, um, is taking a good effect on her boss. And if her boss has a crush back on her, that's what she wants to know. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I said, well, okay, do you have anything else to tell me before I launch into that? Because that that's, that's going to be some confrontation with her. And the guide said, yeah, the guide said she has a partner at home. And that this partner at home is limerent over her. And she uses that limerent state to her advantage. That's when she knows exactly when her partner's pining for her because she starts to whine. She starts to say, hey, um, where are you going? You're disappearing here on me. You're, you're going to work. You're doing this. I'm talking to you. You're not paying attention. And Sophia knows, oh, she's really into me. So as soon as she sees that, she pulls away on purpose because it gives her control over her partner. And in that moment, she starts her daydreaming right then and there, right in that conversation over the boss at work. And her limerence kicks in and she starts daydreaming about this other person. So when her partner at home is saying things to her like, where are you? Mm -hmm. I'm talking to you. Where do you go when I'm talking to you? Instead of answering and saying, oh, I'm fantasizing about my boss. There's no way she's going to tell her partner that. She'll lose control. So she says things to her partner instead, like, you just want to control me. I think you're a narcissist. I, and so she goes into attacking her to create chaos. So the guide said, okay, you're going to have to tell her that she withholds and then starts to create chaos. And it's all about these states of limerence. But we want you to start with a story about limerence. We want you to tell her about the wiring of the brain going back to her childhood. Do exactly the same thing. Because if you start that way, she's going to have empathy for her partner at home. She's going to understand that she needs to stop flirting and stop um, people-pleasing her boss, and start showing up authentically, she's going to get fired. Her boss is not into her and doesn't want this situation to continue. We want her to start cleaning up all of these relationships. And one of the things we want you to point out to her is that she constantly creates triangulation. The guides want the triangulation explained because she always chooses three people in a relationship. She wants to pick a partner who she lives with that she has control over because they are limerent over her. And then she goes off into work environments. She's done this before where she's limerent, usually over a boss, where she does the very same behavior and wants that boss to respond to her. But as soon as the boss does, she will go ahead and have sex with them then lose the job or get fired because the boss doesn't reciprocate. And then she, she shits all over her partner at home, ends that relationship, and then she starts the triangulation again. And what we want to do today is to explain that the limerence is at the bottom of all of this. So we're going to the core. So I did, and now you're hearing Again, and this time in the third story, I'm going to say, because everybody's understanding this now that's listening, that 
she has her moments, like the other two do, where she sits and goes, Oh God, oh my God, my parents were like this. And once again, you see very clearly how important it is to go back to the childhood for the adult to understand their own thinking, their own behavior, their own beliefs, and, and the, the whole, all of the mess that they create in more than one area of their life. And yet, how all of the areas, the job, the home, the friends, their own thinking, their own health, all get connected. All by explaining limerence. Isn't that incredible? So we went through that together. And I want to say that she she really comes at the end of the session to the same place as the first the first two stories, where she's very calm and she's very grateful to be able to say, Holy jumpin', this is my brain. This isn't this really actually doesn't have anything to do about my boss, and I'm not even treating her well. Oh my God. And you can see where she goes into, I'll say a bit of shame, Kelly, at the beginning of it, to be like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm treating my boss like this. None of these bosses deserve this. Ah, I'm the one that made the mess. And then you can see where she also starts to understand where she's destroying these, these women who she seeks as partners. And that she does it right from the very beginning when she meets them, that she always picks a, a woman who is more into her than she's into them. Mm-hmm. And that she does that quite intentionally so that she can manipulate them and create the state of limerence in them and work it to her advantage. And she goes, Karen, is it fair to say I'm not a nice person? Yep. Yeah. And I said, absolutely, it's fair to say that. And I said, but do you notice that I'm not judging you in it? Do you notice that the guides are not doing any judgment? That we are simply wanting you to be well-educated so that you come to that conclusion on your own. You can decide how long you want to stay in a state of shame, or maybe you don't, and you actually take all of the education that's been offered, and you actually do the work to not go into that state again, and that you don't choose people that are limerent themselves and then take advantage of them. Because now you understand that their parents wired their brains for the very same hurt, for the very same pain. Mm -hmm. And so it brings me to the end here as to why I wanted to do this as a feel-good story for Christmas month. And the reason I picked this was because I sat there and the guide said to me, this is feel good. Because every single one of these people ended their session with clarity, with education, with a self-understanding, with an ability to drop shaming themselves or abusing others and came to a place of learning how to love themselves and learning That some of it isn't their fault, but that they now have more compassion for themselves and that they have a desire because of self-compassion to actually do the work for themselves and then for everybody else in their lives to become healthier people. And I thought, this really is a feel-good story, even if it's my version of one. (laughs) And I'm hoping 
that there are other people out there that go, hell yeah, that's my version of a feel-good story too. People who were confused who are not anymore. People who were hurting that don't want to hurt anymore. Okay, thank you for today. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlos. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.